Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the Thursday, March 9th reading of the Pikes Peak Courier. My name is Sophia. Today, we will be reading the following main articles. Green Box Artist Amir Amiri composes and performs in James Turrell Skyspace, written by Pat Hill. Jessica Flores appointed the El Paso Teller 911 Authority, written by Pat Hill. Beloved Cranes return to Colorado, written by Seth Boster. And following up with miscellaneous articles. Our first article is entitled, Green Box Artist Amir Amiri Composes and Performs in James Turrell Skyspace, written by Pat Hill. For Amir Amiri composing music in the James Turrell Skyspace in Green Mountain Falls brings the muse to the mountains. The whole thing here, the solitude, the comfort, it's so easy to focus, Amiri said. Amiri's instrument is the Centur, a 72-string Persian dulcimer dating back to approximately 500 BCE. I learned the Centur in Iran when I was very young, he said. The instrument is my tool of expression, my tool for understanding other cultures. The sky space in the Red Butte Recreational Area is an observatory where visitors view the sky through an opening in the ceiling called an oculus. Turrell uses light as his medium. Inspired by the tranquility of the sky space, Amir feels a sense of connection, a creative flow from one artist to another. Look at the colors. Amazing, he said. Everything is so beautiful, so very exciting. Artist-in-residence for the Green Box Arts, Emiri is spending two weeks in the mountain community while staying in The Shed, the living quarters for the artists, and composing in the sky space. Green Mountain Falls understands the artist's practice. It's so important because in the mountains, we're in nature, he said. I think the biggest artist of them all is nature itself. In the sky space, Amiri feels that Turrell's creation coexists with the deep silence of nature. Yet, each is full of surprises, reflected in myriad colors of the opening. Amiri is spending his residency composing works for performances with a French-based ensemble Kimya, along with a large chamber music group comprised of musicians from Iran, Lebanon, Syria, and Jordan. I have accomplished what I came here to do, he said. Born in Tehran, Iran, Amiri lives in Canada while maintaining a frenetic performance schedule. In Western society, you have to produce, he said with a laugh. The time we are living in, the capitalistic system is based on production. A respite from travel and performance for Amiri, the residency in Green Mountain Falls is an interlude 
for self-discovery. To be able to come somewhere tucked away, to focus on production and ultimately the collaboration with nature. That's why this place is so special, he said. The next article is entitled, Jessica Flores Appointed the El Paso Teller 911 Authority, written by Pat Hill. Cool under pressure and efficient at operations when emergencies strike, Jessica Flores was recently appointed to serve on the board of the El Paso Teller 911 Authority. Former dispatch supervisor for the Teller County Sheriff's Office and current deputy under Jay Teague in the Office of Emergency Management, Flores has 20 years of emergency experience. As a new board member, Flores replaces Diane Pritchard, dispatch supervisor for the Cripple Creek Police Department, who served two three-year terms. Working chiefly behind the scenes, the nine-member board represents municipalities within the two counties. The board has the financial responsibility to ensure that all aspects of 911 calls have viable state-of-the-art equipment, computers, software, and hardware, Floors said. The goal of the 911 authority is to ensure that communication among dispatch offices in the area speak to one another effectively and fast. Our radios have 60 different channels that we use to talk to law enforcement, Floors said. We monitor Woodland Park, Cripple Creek, Fire, and EMS, in addition to Fremont, Douglas, and El Paso counties. The technology eases the burden of communicating during emergencies, such as the High Park fire near Cripple Creek last year. We've come a long way where we monitor and help each other more responsibly, Floor said. That's what I love about this. The authority is funded by fees charged to users of cell phone and landlines. In comments about her successor, Pritchard noted Floor's experience. It is beneficial when a member has first-hand knowledge and the experience of managing emergencies, Pritchard said. Jessica will be an asset to the 911 Authority Board. The next article is entitled, Beloved Cranes Return to Colorado, written by Seth Boster, special from the Gazette. A favorite seasonal visitor is back in Colorado, and with it, a festival in its honor. The 40th Monte Vista Crane Festival is set for the weekend of March 10, with three days of celebrating the dramatic birds that flock to the San Luis Valley this time of year. Tens of thousands of sandhill cranes are known to stop in the valley's nutritious fields and wetlands along their migration north. Their ancient songs, dances, and flights under the Sangre Cristo, sorry, Sangre de Cristo peaks are annually cherished by the masses, who come with binoculars and cameras to admire one of the world's oldest living species. You don't have to buy tickets for tours and seminars over the festival weekend. The Monte Vista National Wildlife Refuge is free to drive and see the cranes, 
which can stand up to four feet tall and boast seven-foot wingspans. The Alamosa National Wildlife Refuge is another popular viewing area in the valley. The cranes are most active around dawn and dusk. Also free for the weekend, entry to Monte Vista Ski High Complex, home of the annual Nature Arts and Crafts Fair. The region's population of sandhill cranes are estimated around 20,000. They spend winter in New Mexico, Arizona, and Mexico, and stop in the San Luis Valley on their way up to breeding grounds in Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming. For a schedule of events and more information on the Monte Vista Crane Festival, go to mvcranefest.org. That's M, V as in Victor, C-R-A-N-E-F-E-S-T dot O-R-G. Our next article is entitled, Woodland Park Interim Superintendent Has Big Vision for Divided District. Written by Nick Sullivan, special from the Gazette. Woodland Park's latest interim superintendent had a tumultuous entrance into the school district. Students protested outside of their high school. Parents shouted at school board meetings. Not everyone in the district has been supportive of his vision. Nevertheless, he isn't discouraged. Ken Witt, whose interim term lasts only for the first six months of the year, said he is planning for the district's long-term success. He's already made big moves on his top three priorities improving student success, utilizing facilities, and recognizing and attracting great teachers. There's nothing better I could be doing, Witt said, and I'm delighted to be doing it. Pioneer in Education Woodland Park has endured a series of superintendent shakeups in the recent times. Former Superintendent Matthew Neal resigned earlier this year and in 2020, former Superintendent Steve Wolf mutually agreed with the district to terminate his contract after an arrest on charges of driving under the influence. After two district administration members occupied the interim role for the first half of this school year, the board voted unanimously in December to install WIT as interim while they search for a more permanent fix. Board Vice President David Illingworth II described Witt as a pioneer in education with a proven record for obtaining desired results, having worked with schools of all sorts. Illingworth refers to Witt's role as Executive Director for Education Reenvision BOCES, an organization that authorizes and oversees schools, including conventional brick and mortar online, and homeschool enrichment programs. WIT has worked with BOCES to cater to a broad portfolio of student needs, he said. They've created homeschool programs such as equine and forestry, and they've implemented a school for dyslexic children. Under his vision, BOCES has also implemented a half-high school for juniors and seniors 
where all classes are dual enrollment and students can fast track their college credit earnings. But WIT's most high profile role in education thus far, and his most controversial, was in Colorado's second largest school district, where he served as school board president from 2013 to 2015. Witt and two other Jefferson County Public School board members were ousted halfway through their terms via a recall vote due to, in large part, to their proposal to review a new advanced plate, sorry, a new advanced placement U.S. history curriculum. The proposal would have promoted patriotism and downplayed social disorder, the Associated Press reported at the time. Hundreds of students left class in protest, and the board unanimously backed down. Sitting in his Woodland Park office, however, Witt said his past experiences have little to do with his current goals. Woodland Park is neither BOCES nor Jefferson County. I think it's always dangerous to compare something else to something now, he said. If you're constantly looking backwards to see what somebody did last time or what you did last time, you're missing the most important point, which is what does the information you have tell you about what's needed here and now? And that's what we're going to focus on. The loudest voices. Dozens of students staged a protest outside of Woodland Park High School in December following the school board's announcement that Witt was the sole finalist for interim superintendent. Witt's vision on the Jeffco school board was patriotism and whitewashing history. Student Jacob DeSchmidt told the Pikes Peak Courier. He has proved in the Jefferson schools that he is vastly, vastly incompetent. Parents and students alike echoed those concerns at a board meeting the following week, where Witt was officially selected for the job. Board members spoke over riled crowd members who turned their backs as the board announced its decision and yelled as it explained the reasoning. Though vocal, Witt said those community members do not represent the popular opinion. The loudest voices are rarely the majority, Witt said, and we have clear evidence that the loudest voices that have been opposing this board and its direction were not the majority because, in fact, the voters said something different. Several Woodland Park School Board members, whom protesters decried for their decision to appoint Witt, faced their own recall push earlier last year. Recalls require the signatures of at least 40% of votes cast for all candidates for school board director in the preceding election, which for the November 2021 election in Woodland Park RE-2 amounted to around 2,700 signatures per board member. The effort failed to gain enough community support to be included on last year's fall ballot, indicating a majority of the community's values still align with a board whom they elected to represent them, Witt said. I won't stop caring, 
Witt's role at BOCES connected it, him with Woodland Park for the first time in 2021. BOCES helped Merritt Academy open as a contract school after a previous Woodland Park school board had turned down its charter application. Witt played an important role in introducing Merritt Academy to its current home within Woodland Park Middle School. Since stepping into his new role, he has already gotten to work on his top priorities through two notable changes, he said, aligned with the conservative board's communicated mission and values. Within a month of taking office, Witt worked with the district to implement the American Birthright Curriculum Standard for Social Studies courses. Though the change was Witt's idea, he said the board had spent its first year in office establishing its core beliefs and priorities. He felt American birthright best reflected those values, a sentiment with which the board agreed. American birthright was created by the Civics Alliance, a conservative coalition with the stated mission of combating a new civics approach of the progressive left that it says prioritizes activism over the responsibilities of American citizenship. The Colorado State Board of Education introduced a proposal in October that would have adopted American birthright as Colorado's base standard. The board, sorry, the board ultimately rejected the proposal in a four to three vote down partisan lines, but Witt said it was nonetheless proposed and vetted by some of the best minds of Colorado State education before Woodland Park adopted it for district use. It's been implemented to mixed reactions. Change is hard, Witt said. Anytime you step in and say, we've adopted a new standard, we're going to hold ourselves accountable to it. Then everybody has to think about what that's going to look like. Since its adoption, Witt stated on several occasions that he does not anticipate pervasive curriculum changes. AP courses will not be impacted nor are graduation requirements expected to be. Only one course to date has been flagged under the new standards, civil disobedience, a class exploring the foundations of protest movements using nonfiction texts throughout history. A required class reading material between the world and me by Coates was in clear violation of the new standards, according to Witt. The book depicts the black experience in modern America using language that critics say demonizes white Americans. We will not teach racism in our schools, Witt said. Last week, the district also announced sixth grade students would move to the congested middle school. Oh, I'm sorry from, let's start again. Last week, the district also announced sixth grade students would move from the congested middle school, which began sharing space with Merritt Academy Charter School in 2021, to the three existing elementary schools. 
The move is a step in WIT's stated goal of maximizing the use of district facilities and resources. Some elementary schools are operating at just 50%, he said. Meanwhile, the district is experiencing growth for the first time, and most of that growth occurring within the middle school. The move is as much a response to current conditions as it is planning for the future should growth continue. Nearly 300 more students enrolled in Woodland Park schools this year than last, a percentage change of 15.8% in the roughly 2,100 student district, according to Colorado Department of Education data. The district remains more than 500 students short of where it was a decade ago. It's by far the best choice for the sixth graders, Witt said. Sixth graders perform much better academically, socially, behaviorally when they're put with the elementary students than when they're moved up into a combined middle school-high school context. We have to make some facilities decisions, and we're going to make the best decisions for our students. The decision was not met with universal praise as school district members again took to protesting. More than two dozen teachers called in sick to protest on Wednesday. Even so, Witt said the school board remain on the same page about the decision. Since 2021, school boards have discussed consolidating because of declining enrollment, Rooster Holtz told the Pikes Peak Courier. All of our schools are approximately half full. We had to do something. As Witt moves into the third month of his six-month tenure, and as he grapples with mixed reactions to his decisions, he said his goal remains unchanged from when he assumed the role, to make Woodland Park the educational destination of the area. I care a whole lot about Woodland Park School District, he said, and I won't stop caring in four months. The next article is entitled, Students Protest Transfer of Sixth Grade to the Elementary Schools, written by Pat Hill. Grandparents, parents, and friends joined dozens of students in a demonstration near the entrance of the Woodland Park Middle School the morning of March 2. The protests' signs spoke of anger at Ken Witt, the interim superintendent, along with recent decisions made by the school board. Several students held up their opinions. Witt must quit. Their protest was in support of the teachers, 25 of whom staged a sick out at the middle school the day before. The teachers were reacting to an announcement from Witt and the board about the removal of sixth grade from the middle school. As a result, the students would attend one of three elementary schools in the district depending upon where they live. The district's charter school, Merritt Academy, holds classes at the middle school, making the latest move suspect. High school student Jacob Deschmidt said, They are clearing out the middle school to make more room for charter schools, he said. The school board and WIT do not listen, said Stephanie Merrill, parent of a student in the district. Merrill's mother, 
Lorraine Merrill was protesting along with her daughter. Speaking by telephone after the demonstration, David Roosterholtz, president of the school board, defended the board's decision to break up the sixth grade. Since 2012, school boards have discussed consolidating because of the declining enrollment, Roosterholtz said. All of our schools are approximately half full. In consolidating the elementary and middle schools, the board is acting responsibly, Roosterholtz said. We had to do something. He said, I was elected to make decisions. However, Merritt Academy, which is a Woodland Park public school, is growing. We have brought on 200 more students to the district, Roosterholtz said. We have 130 kids on the waiting list. Parents are bringing their kids back to the district to enroll them in the charter school, Roosterholtz said. The protest last week was the third one for the district. In December, high school students protested the hiring of Witt as the interim superintendent. Thank you for joining us for the Pikes Peak Courier. My name is Sophia. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.